Where did you say you found this, Vicky? Hmm? Just down there. I saw it as soon as I came out of the ship. Yes, it's a bit rusted, but uh, it's not as old as that. 10th, 11th century. Hmm. England. Hmm. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. Oh, uh, maybe. What do you mean, maybe? What do you think it is, a space helmet for a cow? In today's episode... I was quite happy with that. I think we should let him carry on, because he's not doing any harm. He's adorable. <laughs> are you going to do the accent or not? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, are you today? <laughs> Where are you? I started off with, oh, TARDIS might get a bit wet. It ended up with, we'll never leave, we're here forever. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to World Enough and Time. I'm Andy. And I'm Alex. How on earth are you? Oh, Alex, it's so good to see you. You've no idea and you look so well and happy. And what the what the listeners can't see is that your background for the Teams meeting is the Acorn Antiques shop. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, just brilliant. Have you got the Venus de Milo in Morve? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have some macaroons though, so we'll be all fine. Good. So we, we're back with you um, rather later than anticipated because um, Alex has been away. That's what he sounds very delicate and Victorian, doesn't it? She's away. Was <laughs> that having a nice time? Was the weather good? <laughs> no, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank everyone who sent messages and were lovely when I was losing my absolute shit <laughs> about a month ago. <laughs> Yes, yes, sorry about yeah. that. So yes, that yeah. bastard car driving twat has done more damage than we'd like. And yes, bowels, not good. Um, so yes, back in for some lovely surgery. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, good now. Ever Honestly, the amount of people who've said to me, you look so incredibly well. So, um, I mean, obviously you I was You do. <laughs> but yeah. yeah you do but, though. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really did rest. Like, I did take that time. Like, Iona can testify to that. I did fuck all. <laughs> she was just like, she did everything <laughs> for me. She just, she like carried oh. me to bed and tucked me in and just really, yeah, she was, oh, shall I, um, I need to get rid of the background so you can say hello to Andy. Um, but yeah, no, she's she's done an awful lot and I've been incredibly lazy. So, um of how lazy she was yeah well i'd like i'd cry and say the house just looks awful and we need to get <laughs> and i'd be like okay i'll fix it what what laundry do i need to do what do i need to... oh, she was just adorable weren't you yes better than the other children we might say <laughs> <laughs> i don't i can't remember the other children i only remember iona yeah best one but yeah no all good now back to work and yes they missed me which is the main thing my worst fear was that I would be not missed and they didn't notice (laughs) they kept coming to hospital saying don't worry we've got it all under control and I was like you bastards (laughs) let's have it (laughs) under control I wanted to be be shambles now I can come back and fix it all yes swoop in and do all the Alex magic (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I've kind of like 
I don't know. It, it's funny for me, but because because we started doing these podcasts because I wasn't talking to you enough and we weren't connecting, it was kind of like I was kind of wanting to say the last few weeks, when can we podcast again? But I didn't want it to be like we have to podcast. Do you know what I mean? It's like yes. to talk. But, but this really is our connection. Like it, I, yeah. even though it kind of for listeners, they're probably thinking, oh, yeah, you've been having loads of conversations. We really just don't. It's like we no. wait for the podcast. <laughs> It's like, oh, great, we can talk again. Like there's some kind of embargo on normal conversations. But yes. Yeah, something like that, definitely. Yes. So I have got some something nice to read out. Shall I read it out to you? Yes, please. I shall. Sweetie, it may take me a little bit of time. So if you could fill, fill this moment. Fill, fill. Okay, I'm doing the can-can, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> oh, no? Right. It is a five-star review, no less, <gasps> of the We're podcast. From desperate the... for a review. Desperate. Oh, my God. Someone called Lee Peel. Someone we don't know. <laughs> amazing. The headline is, love these two. <laughs> and it's from the 3rd of June. And it says, I'm the same vintage as these two. And their observations are spot on, irreverent, and a whole lot of fun. Like sitting down the pub and chatting who with my pals. Lovely. Oh, and I love Lee. Oh, love. Yes. Oh. Oh. oh, that's just the best news ever. I'm glad you saved that for, for now. Had no idea. That's yeah. just beautiful. I mean, it's, it's okay, like celebrities liking us, like Louise Jameson and Katie Manning, but we want to connect with, with the Lee Peels of this world. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Oh, Lee Peel, you've made both of our days quite yeah. a lot. Wonderful. Mm. Are we sorry? Just questioning. Are we spelling Lee double E or E I G H? Double E. We're thinking probably a chap, most likely. Most likely, but not necessarily. We don't know. We don't. Doesn't we always, matter. We all, it doesn't. You're, so, you're very, very gendered all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> I've been insanely gender obsessed my entire life. I always think of um, which Lee do you think of? E I G H. Is there a particular Lee you think of? Oh, there is, but you don't know her. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of Lee Templar from Prisoners of Block H. Do you remember oh, her? yes, I do. Yes. Yes, they're good. Gosh. Played by Virginia Hay. Anyway, uh, too much knowledge. So. What have you been watching on TV? Oh, my goodness. What have I not been watching on TV? Um, wow. So my staff, who um, obviously know me well, um, instead of buying me unnecessary crap um, as get well gifts or whatever, they gave me every kind of possible subscription to every every TV service. Oh, so, my God. That's no, great. So I've got Amazon. Um, obviously, I've already got Netflix. I then got Neon, which is a local service. And I got the Disney Channel as well. So I've just got everything now. It's fantastic. <laughs> so I watch all of the shows. There is nothing I haven't seen. So Mayor of East Town, have you seen? No. Ooh, oh, Kate... is that um, Kate Winslet? Yes, very good. I saw a clip of it on um, Gogglebox. Really good. Well worth it. The Great, which is the one that I think we've talked about on this a lot and I've never got <laughs> yeah. it. 
the, the hilarious thing was when I was in hospital and I was like almost delirious with pain and I was like oh we've started watching that series you told me about the gift and I think I oh, said we've almost finished it I think I'd watched about 10 episodes and you were like it's not called the gift it's called the great and I was like what the fuck have I been watching then so, I remember just being doubled over in pain but also laughing so yeah I watched the gift which was all right, but the great was okay. fantastic. You're right. Um, the boys. Do you know the boys? Oh, I don't know the boys. I've heard of it. Boys? Yes. So that's um, like um, an anti-Marvel type thing. It's um, where superheroes have just been kind of lauded above things where they shouldn't be. And they're kind of like a, a, a multi-million dollar industry. And so basically... They're, they're little shits and it's all about how um, the, the company that kind of owns them and the rights to them is kind of um, doing really dodgy deals and they're all bastards and they're trying to pretend they're not like they keep covering like accidental deaths and stuff that happen as a result of the shit that they do and oh they're yeah they're just horrible people and so it's this group of vigilantes who's kind of trying to expose these superheroes for being okay. complete shit really good really good good um Sweet Tooth, heard of that? Oh yes, that's that fantasy thing with the person with the horns. Yes, very good. Filmed in New Zealand. I see lots ah. of shots around the place that I recognise. Um, okay, I do. I, I, I think, realise now I've got a list of about five hundred more, and I'm going to stop. Yeah, I think I think that's enough. I'm going to say <laughs> now. Then <laughs> I have been watching. You won't believe this. I've been watching Dark. Oh, isn't it good? Do you remember about 300 years ago you recommended I watch it? Yeah, and do you now love it? <laughs> I'm only on episode four because I'm a bit scared. <laughs> but you're in the thick of the good time. Like, to me, the okay. episode four is like all of that. It's all unfolding. You're just getting yeah. your head around it. It's a really appealing time. I like that. Yeah, there's lots of birds falling from the sky regularly. Mm, well, yeah. But <laughs> the feel, it's the feel amazing. Yeah, really good. And I don't really think about it being in German either and just like when I watch The Killing I feel like I can speak German now and I can't <laughs> I still haven't watched The Killing, I really ought isn't that Danish or something or? yes, it's very long though okay. I found it too long personally Okay, I, shan't. I watched the first episode of Holston, is that how you say it last night? Holston, Holston. how are we spelling you, that? H-A-L-S-T-O-N Ewan McGregor 70s okay. fashion, fashion designer person who was friends with Liza Minnelli. But the first episode was kind of, this is okay. Oh. So we are hurtling towards a section of the show we like to call the quiz. Yes! The quiz! I haven't been quizzed <laughs> so long and I haven't quizzed. I think you should quiz, seeing as you've got a big book in your lap. I do have a big book on that. Right. Oh, I quite like the look of that one. Right, where's my answers? Okay. Right, I think we should do a quiz on prehistoric monsters. Fancy it? Do you? Do you? Oh, God. Sounds Good. hard. Yeah, I'm glad. You... <laughs> take, that, take that as a yes. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. Which dinosaur does a newly regenerated doctor tell the brigadier is large and placid and stupid? Oh, that's silly because I should just know that one off the top of my head. I wouldn't the... have known it. Brontosaurus. 
Good work. Well, is you. that in the thingy one one? That's in robot. Oh, God. Okay. Which reptilian race keeps a dinosaur described by the Brigadier as a subterranean Loch Ness monster as a pet? I'm getting confused here. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure this the is one the Saigon. It's not yeah. the Saigons. It's, it's yeah. the Silurians, isn't it? Yes, it is, sweetie. It's the Loch Ness monster thing was, was cheeky and naughty. Yes, they're trying to send you down a blind alley. Okay, they which bloody are. Doctor's companions dies. Oh, this is everyone's favourite moment. <laughs> dies <laughs> in a space freighter crash that it also wipes out the dinosaurs. Woo! <laughs> that would be <laughs> sorry. That would be nice. What nickname does the doctor give to the triceratops he tries to ride? Oh, is that in a new who one? New who. Newhoo, Dinosaurs in a Spaceship, one of my most hate, hated Doctor Who stories. Oh, is it? Yeah, it wasn't great. I just don't like all those shitty ones where like Nefertiti suddenly turns up. And I know. Like, oh, yeah, she's no my mate. It's like, no, yeah, no, I know. It's just like, don't sorry, it's not clever. Just, yeah, no, I completely agree. don't like it. <laughs> Turd alert. Yeah, it's as unimaginative as the story. Tricy. Sick. Um, what dinosaur do the Doctor and Joe encounter inside the miniscope? <laughs> I'm going to say it's a plesiosaur. It is a plesiosaur. Nice, <laughs> sweetie, darling. Right. Well, you got some. I'm giving you five questions, then you ask me five questions, and then we oh, don't make cool. this go on forever. Um, True. You got four <laughs> out of five. You get points. I get points. Good. Okay. Adventures in History 3. <laughs> Don't do that face like you're already trying to fuck with me. Because <laughs> it's probably perfectly reasonable, but you're just freaking me out in advance. <laughs> Alex is looking very hunted right now, listeners. <laughs> Question one. Who was the Queen Mother of France when the Doctor and Stephen visited that country? Mother of France, that's not a thing. <laughs> Stop making up things. They're making up the titles. <laughs> Sorry, when who and who went where? Doctor Stephen. Stephen. Queen Mother of France. Not a feckin' clue. Catherine de Medici. Oh, yeah, Catherine de Medici. <laughs> Thanks. Good. Glad we got this one. Two. Scarath of the Jagaroth constantly influenced mankind's development throughout the centuries. What was his ultimate purpose in doing this? To stop his spaceship from splintering so that he could escape and not, and then the Earth would never have happened and stuff. <laughs> that sounded very accurate. Let's see the answer later on, shall we? <laughs> I reckon that Three. was word for word. While playing a game of backgammon, the doctor put up the TARDIS as a stake and lost. To whom did he lose? Good. Backgammon. I know that one. I don't no. fucking know. I feel like... Give me a doc. <laughs> Give me which doctor we're at here. William Hartnell. The story is Marco Polo. Okay. Um, Marco Polo? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a big clue. 
thought you were being really nice. Some other dude. Definitely a dude. Women yeah. weren't important enough. Don't know. Kubla Khan. Kubla Khan. Ovs. Four. Name the astrologer at the court of San Martino, who who was the leader of the Brethren of Demnos and was taken over by, by Mandragora. Hi, Ronimus up your bum. I don't know what his surname was. Did he have one? Oh, that's right. I don't think he had one. Good. And five. How did King Richard I hope to make a peace between himself and Saladin? <laughs> Saladin. Saladin. Saying his name slowly will help you get towards the answer. Saladin. It won't. Is this? Is this? Is this Doctor Who? <laughs> Saladin. Is this fifth Doctor? No. Third. Fourth. Fourth. Seven. <laughs> Third. It's first. Oh, fuck off then. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you can get the details of this. By the marriage of his sister, Joanna, to Saffordin, the brother of Saladin. Nice. Good. Yeah, Saffordin. Do, you know who played jo- Do you know who played Joanna? I know all about Joanna. I just choose not to tell you. So, yes, I do. Jeannie Marsh. Oh! Marsh. Yeah. Ooh, lovely to her. How goes the so day? The- the only one I didn't tell you or you didn't get, well, actually, you kind of did get it, but let's see whether this is what you said word for word. So that by 1979, mankind would have reached a sufficiently high level of technical, technological achievement to be able to construct the time machine, which Scarath intended to travel 400 million years back in time to prevent the extinction of the Jagoroth. So, yeah, the ultimate goal, you're, there was a lot of how. There was no question there about how did he do it. Yes, we know that's how he did it. The ultimate goal was to stop the splintering, therefore the extinction of his potatoes. For goodness sake. Yeah. Ask a more accurate think... question next time. <laughs> so I think you've got some out of five. <laughs> Fuck you. I think I'm better than you, because I had cruel questions. Good. Yes. Nice. So Winner. While, while you recover from Adventures in History 3, the quiz from the original Doctor Who quiz book, yeah. I will drag across the, uh, a flo- across the floor. You're looking very buff. Very... You've done a lot of pushing of that uh, time-space visualiser. Thank you, sweetie. Um, I've been doing a lot of just lying in the garden as well. <laughs> Good for you. Nice. Is it lovely weather? It is. In fact, this afternoon, that's my aim. It's just to lie in the sun. (laughs) It's a really good goal. I like it. Yes. Right. It is before us, the time-space visualiser. What is this machine? I've already told you, my dear. It's a time-space visualiser. You mean a sort of time television? Yes, like that. Yes, that's exactly what this is. Kind of a time television, really. Isn't it? So, who wants to go first with the chocolate block slot in the chocolate block block in the chocolate box slot? Well, I think I ought because I've got this all well prepared. And um, I think I know we see this as something where we need to perhaps go back in time, but really, we're all at just different stages of time. And so, a song from right now. It's historical for someone, and I think we all need to hear a bit of 
Jumakas by Destiny. Ah! <laughs> Before we play it in, we must just say that this, this year, Marisa and John were so excited because Marisa is half Maltese and John is therefore quarter Maltese. I'm a quarter Maltese! I'm a quarter Maltese! They were desperate for Destiny to win and she didn't. It was mm-hmm. so good. And I must admit, though, more than any other year, I'm obsessed with all the Eurovision songs. That's all I listen to in the car now. Like all of really? them. Really? Yeah, like insane levels. It was, a, it was a good year, wasn't it, actually? Yeah. Very into yes. it. I'm even. I'll tell you what. Sorry, Sorry, even humming along in a in a kind of hating way for the awful English one, but I kind of I love listening to it because I just imagine him gyrating with his leather jacket on, and it kind of adds, <laughs> it just makes it kind of fun because you can giggle while you're singing along. Oh, awful, yeah. So um, I'm in the middle of a consultancy with Stockholm Public Libraries at the moment, and my contact is called Tanya, and she's from the Ukraine. So we had a we have. We had a, we just had a slight conversation about it once, and now we have ten minutes to talk about Eurovision and go a and <laughs> the start of every call. No, yeah, I did like the Ukrainian one though. That was yes, good. really yeah, good. We did, yes. Tanya and I did too. <laughs> so, um, oh, sorry, we're playing in Destiny now. <laughs> exact month of our story du jour um, from July 1965 and we're going to have a bit of Dusty Springfield singing oh. In the Middle of Nowhere Oh <laughs> Write that down Try it out <laughs> <laughs> Where did our love go In the middle of nowhere Do you know it? No. <laughs> if it's not son of a preacher man, I'm lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we used to have a dusty cassette in the car that we used to play a lot about 20 years ago. Yeah. So that's how we know all the obscure dusty tracks here in this Maybe. Oh, right. Yeah. I was like, we? Do we? Oh, good. Not you. Nice. Not you. No, this is me not now. Me. me now. <laughs> me now. Camera on me. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, we're 
Okay. So I'm I'm wheeling the time space visualizer back. You and you squashed my favorite beetles. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now you've squashed my favorite beetles. Oh, I think I can hear a former Doctor Who companion in the lobby with a message about our podcast. You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> wow. She gets everywhere. She does. She's very perky. She's always willing to plug us, I find. <laughs> Rain or shine. <laughs> so, we have arrived back in July 1965. Dusty may have helped you some of the way there, but now we're, we're both there. Yeah. Well and truly. There. We in are it. at The Time Meddler from 1965, written by Dennis Spooner, directed by Douglas Camfield. Four episodes that ended the second series ever of Doctor Who. <gasps> Gosh. Say that again. It ended. Ended the, the second the second series. Did it? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. That was quite a nice way and to I end so, it, wasn't it. I have something to show you. Um, <gasps> oh, that doesn't ring any bells. That's quite weird. I must have wiped that one from my brain. This but is yeah. the Target paperback with the monk on it with a purpley background. Yes. Quite pretty, I isn't think it? We must have got we must have got it quite late in the run. Yeah. And I can tell because it hasn't got any markings in it to say whether what I thought of it as. Yeah. <laughs> no, no gradings. <laughs> nice. No. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, published eighty seven. So yeah, it's probably a bit past our putting all the books down on the on the floor and ranking them. <laughs> <laughs> really? Do we ever get past that? I feel like I'd happily do that again. Okay, so I'll, I'd like to know, what's your first experience or connections with the Time Meddler? Hmm. Well, two days ago, I watched the Time Meddler. <laughs> 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 honestly, have not seen this in my life before. Have not had any. I honestly thought I was about to sit and watch about like a load of reconstructions and some chat. I don't know how I've missed it. I, I feel like <laughs> it's so bad. I feel the amount of times that I think I've come to these podcasts and thought, I've never seen that before, where I was quite happily, I would say to people, yeah, I've seen every Doctor you can see. How did I miss it? I did. Um, I don't know why. I think I possibly got to a stage where I wasn't, I was really not into watching any Bill. I was like, oh, another black and white thing. And so I just didn't really make the effort. Um, And yeah, don't know why. But yes, first experience was a few days ago, which is a bloody great so thing. This is, for me. Yeah, but the weird thing is because I remember the first time I saw it was 1992 mm. because it was on BBC Two in January 92 and I watched it at Newport and I remember watching it. So I thought you must have watched it with me. It's really weird unless you watched it and it just completely, completely went out of your head. I do have a significant black hole that my therapist <laughs> is going to try and help me deal with in my life. So it could have fallen down there. <laughs> I did one day. It wasn't like the, the best time for you, was it? No, no. no. Safer to try and remove that from my brain. So perhaps, but honestly, my brain's done a great job of erasing it because I can't imagine you watching that on your own and not. No, not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's an interesting one. <laughs> <I'm so glad. laughs> 
book. So, so, so that's the first time I saw it. But um, my first connections with it. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really selfish, isn't it? It's all about me. No, it's no. not. It's not. No, I'm just the same. It is. Um, I sat on the floor in Paul Brown's parents' bedroom and was looking at the um, the Doctor Who weeklies, and there was lots of pictures of Vicky and Stephen crouched by the rock and looking at the helmet. And I Hello. thought, this looks good. Oh, black and white. Right. or black and white and just thinking that looks really ex- interesting exciting and I was I was intrigued by the fact that there was no Ian and Barbara because for a, w- a long time I used to think all William Hartnell was Ian and Barbara yeah so then to find out a long time for them to bugger off though doesn't it <laughs> it really does they're just hanging on really yeah <laughs> and as Vicky said they weren't getting any younger <laughs> <laughs> Well, they weren't getting any younger, were they? It's lucky for you, child, they're not here to hear you say that. Good gracious me, you think they're old. What do you think of me? Mm? You're different, (laughs) Doctor. Anyway, we may land in their time one day and be able to talk over old times. Well, perhaps, Vicky. Perhaps. (laughs) She was definitely close to not being able to reproduce and, yeah, lose the only purpose that ladies have. (laughs) So, um... So... I know we're going to give TARDISes out of 10 at the end of the episode, but but I would, going into it, watching it again, I would have thought it was kind of like a five or a six for me. It wasn't one where I was thinking, oh, I really want to see this one. But I thought it's a bit sort of a trifling, interesting one, but not, not really much to go for. But I will tell you how I feel um, a bit later on, I think. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I hadn't got high hopes. I thought, well, if I've not made the effort to watch it, it must be a bit duff. So I really went into this with very low expectations. But yes. Would you like to hear a synopsis? <laughs> That's all that I want from my life uh, right now. I knew it. I knew it. Right. Well, we have a lovely bit of uh, Vicky and the Doctor chatting on. Really cute. Talking about Babs and Ian. I'm like, bloody hell, where's Babs and Ian? I had no idea they were going. And I had no idea where they'd gone. But I'm sure you'll let me know later. Um, what's that? There's a pangin. There's a pangin. What's going on? Stephen stowed away. How on earth did he get in? Don't worry, isomorphic locks mean nothing to that guy. He can get in wherever the hell he likes. Anyway, we're out on the beach. We're in the 10th century. I thought that was the 11th century if we're in 1066 area, but what a <laughs> kind of area. Um, they're on the beach. Let's have a wander. I'm not sure why. We should probably just try and get lost, was generally what I think they were trying to say. We should try <laughs> and get split up for a while and make a bit of a plot happen. That happens. The doctor meets a lady who loves to feed you. Adorable. Um, <laughs> and Vicky and Stephen are just having a bit of banter. We're in the 11th century. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Um, then we find out there's an odd monk best thing of all about odd monk he's got a gramophone in his monastery pretending that there's lots of monks best piece of information ever um the doctor goes and investigates gets trapped doesn't really get trapped finds a way out Stephen and vicky don't know they try and help him they're trying to where is he where is he they go and try and save him um 
they end up down the same secret. It's quite cute how everyone's in a secret tunnel for quite some time. Um, they're offered more food. Whenever you get to the old hag, then you get, get a bit more food. Here you go. You'll be sustained for a while. Vikings come! Oh my god! The Vikings come! Why does the, the time meddler want to do something with them? He's got a bigger plan. Again, let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> Vikings are coming. Lights and beacons for a reason. Not sure of it. Um, then, really oddly, the Saxons decide that if two old men tell you things and one's a monk and one isn't and neither of them you have any kind of allegiance to trust the one that looks a bit like a granddad i don't know it was a really odd one there was like a real kind of trust bit. and they really shouldn't have done they should have trusted bloody time meddler dude because he was actually after their best interest anyway that happened lots of running around in a carry-on kind of a way oh love that um and then the end the time meddler's plans get ruined he gets trapped because the doctors managed to smally smally his TARDIS. Off they go. No harm done. History's not been changed. Beautiful. <laughs> I think you covered all the major plot points oh. there. There was nothing, no stone left unturned. I know, I know. Oh, it was lovely. <laughs> yes. So tell me, how, you, how did you like the story? Oh, honestly, I've never been happier. It was beautiful. It just, it had so much going on. Like I, as I was watching it, I kept trying to equate it. I was like, oh, is it a bit Avengers? Or is it a bit this? A bit... Actually, no, it's just Doctor Who. It was just a really good, solid Doctor Who. Um, I like the Doctor in it. Like, yeah, yeah. he flushed his lines like he often does. But he, him on his own, I got a bit more respect for. He's not bitching at people. He's more doing his thing and I think that works really well Stephen and Vicky are quite a nice little I think we're all a bit over it with Barbara and Ian it's like, I can't bear you guys speaking anymore just stop talking to each other about <laughs> wow. really dull shit and it was just it was nice to like Vicky's quite confident Stephen's yeah. quite confident and they're just yeah they that that double act is is really good um honestly medium-sized hag i loved her loved her so much I <laughs> you just... keep calling her a hag like she's 100 she's probably I... just in her 30s no, no, that was the thing though i like they deliberately dressed her as a hag with really bad hair and they'd put shit all over her cheeks and it was just yeah she just she was an old hag clearly she clearly wasn't old she was but she was a medium-aged hag i'd say did you recognize her from an earthly child why yes i did <laughs> oh you're funny um she is because of one other performance in another series is one of my favorite actresses of all time she's called alethea charlton i know she is she, she's in a 1970s drama called sam which had three series and she plays Auntie edith in that and she is just like the rock throughout that all three series and every time she's in this on this on the screen you just love her and just want her to just be always on the screen i must admit and i did like her i did look up look quite uh, a bit of her she really did appeal just imagine her in a sort of soap opera drama but being kind of sarcastic as well as warm and that's her character in this art oh it's set in a mining town in the oh i don't know a long time ago <laughs> 
but it's fantastic. She's fantastic, and they have her from like her twenties to her eighties in that. Oh wow! And it's one of the best things ever. Anyway, she died in. Uh, she died the year after finishing off doing Sam in nineteen seventy six. Oh, that's but a bit. She's early. one of the sort of actresses. Yeah, she died really early, but she's one of those actresses who I think would have been more famous had she continued. Yeah. That's the Alethea Charlton story. Nice. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad you gave me that. Thank you. I hope you will forgive a woman's harsh welcome. We do fear strangers, but we're very happy to welcome a traveller. Not that we see many in this wild place. I'm sure that when my husband returns, he'll insist that you stay the night, and then you can rejoin your friends in the morning. Well, that's very kind, very kind indeed, and I do hope they won't worry me. I worry about me too much. You know, I, I, uh, I hadn't intended to walk quite so far. You were uh, uh, near the coast, hmm? Yes. Mm. <laughs> While there are fish in the sea, one need never starve. Yes. <laughs> I want to ask you, mm. were you confused about Stephen's toy panda? Did I miss something? I know you did. I thought you might have done. When he came in, he was clutching a toy panda in his hand. Oh. And then he put it on a chair, and later on the doctor has a line about, that is a panda on a chair. Um, oh, how do I miss these things? Um, I, I, to be honest, I do remember, and I, I, it wasn't that from Mechanis or something, did someone? Yes, from the chase, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wondered whether you knew what that was about, or whether you were confused by the cuddly toy. <laughs> Paying so little attention, there's no concern from me. <laughs> so, so when do you think a Dalek is going to come into your time machine? Well, what do you arm yourself with? Panda? Yeah, no, this is a trick question. <laughs> well, the doctor pick, takes his coat off and Vicky takes off her slip-on shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was lovely. But I really want them to attack strangers with a coat and a shoe. Like, There's just something so cosy about their togetherness that it's just adorable. Yeah. They couldn't they couldn't get out of anything, but they, they definitely snuggle someone into submission. Yes. So, um, yeah, those early Charter scenes are really quite fun and there's a lot of continuity. What what had happened behind the scenes is that it, they've written the first ever series guide called The History of Doctor Who because Verity Lambert was leaving and oh. there's going to be a new producer, um, John Wiles. So they actually wrote down what had happened in the first however many oh, stories. Oh, lovely. 20 stories. So suddenly there's like continuity and they talked about Susan, they talked about Barbara and Ian. Nice. It was lovely stuff though, it really was. I did like to hear that and it was, yeah, cute, nice. Yes. So Stephen was intended, sorry, carry on. No, you go. No, I'm just thinking, I I did like a bit of Stephen's lip and and the doctor's fury. I kind of, I like that there was that dynamic straight away and how, absolutely certain that bill was that you don't call me doc i really i enjoyed yeah. a bit of that like yeah i was called alex yeah. priestner um oh. a few days ago and i fucking went ballistic <laughs> like three Who called emails. You that? Uh, I, somehow some part of my work um profile must have got confused with an old piece of information and yeah and i was being addressed as that in emails honestly oh. i, I, I <laughs> I honestly I hadn't realised how furious that would make me until it happened. So yes, I, I felt akin with the doctor at that moment. It was just like, <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Don't you <laughs> yeah. 
it's like I get the same thing when anyone calls me Andrew. So I had my um had my second vaccination, yay, um this week, and the nurse couldn't find me on the thing, and it's because she hadn't put Priestner in. Correctly. I hate that name as well. So it was she put in EI because no one can spell priest because they're idiots. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, oh, it might be because I'm down as Andrew. She said, would you be down as Andrew? And I said, well, maybe, but it's not my name. <laughs> sort of thing. And then um, she found me. And then she turned around and she said, right, Andrew. I'm like, no. I really clearly said that that is not how I'm addressed, you know. So yeah. now you must die. So I turned it to stone in that moment. And so then did you, did you stop was... her and did you tell her, no, my name's Andy? No, because it wasn't worth it, because it's, it's one of these, so, these vaccinations are so quick that, you know, well, you're out the door in a second. Well, it's not that it's going to serve for the future, but you just, you have to, for your own sanity, mm. to fight that shit back. Gits. I get so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I haven't been Andrew since I was 18. No. So it's kind of like, <sighs> yes. I loved yeah. Hartnell's, um, I loved Hartnell's, ang- um, not anger, sarcasm. He had more light and shade this time. He wasn't just a crotchety old man. It's yeah. like when he was talking to Stephen, he said, That is the dematerialising control, and that over yonder is the horizontal hold. Up there is the scanner, those are the doors, that is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. Now please stop bothering me. So, so sarcastic. It's so jocular as well, because he is so kind yeah. of, he, off the grumpy thing is really wearing when he's just nasty but but to yeah. see him have light and joy in him is just yeah it's a new thing and I love a bit of like traditional old it's a TARDIS it's bigger on the inside stuff like I really I love yeah. a bit of that explanation I feel like there's never enough of it every time I feel like we need to go through it with every companion because it is it's brilliant it's so much yeah. fun I think that um Maureen O'Brien was struggling with the TARDIS acronym <laughs> I think she'd actually learned it's really slow I'm like come on Mozza get it yeah. out yeah and Idby pissed me off an awful lot I must admit um, it was like Idby yeah. F off fuck you yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so Stephen is quite annoying I mean he's written to be I think he was written to be kind of acerbic and yeah. sort of doubting everything and that gets quite tiring mm. And at one point, Vicky's like, "Finally, you accept what what is what I'm saying." But it's like, yeah, it's quite annoying to have a character who always does that. But I think after this story, they forget it, and he's just. Good. And to be honest, yeah. it it kind of is quite real because if someone told me I'd travel through time and then I find someone's watch on the ground, I'd think, "No, nah, you're talking shit." Like that's evidence enough for me then that you're not in the 11th century. So, now nah. I would agree, apart from the fact that he's from the future and he flies spaceships. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of doesn't fit quite. Oh, is he supposed to be from so far in the future that a pocket watch looks old? Or not a pocket watch, a wristwatch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know whether he would understand as quickly as he did, but yes. Okay. Um, I'd also like to say something else to you. Yes. I'm... I'm not a mountain goat and I prefer walking to any day and I hate climbing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just beautiful. That's poetry, my dear. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I presume it was meant to be. Um, 
I'm not a mountain goat, and I prefer and I prefer walking anyway. Yeah. And I hate climbing. <laughs> I just prefer walking to any day. It's just brilliant. Oh. It's like, oh, gosh. I did quite like the doctor kind of getting a bit proud of himself, like with the, he was kind of showing off how how cool the TARDIS is, like talking about how it, it blends in and stuff like that. It was really kind of, like often we find our doctors now kind of, just kind of a bit throwaway with it oh yeah that's what it is and they kind of move on but he was really he wanted to get some kind of awe from Stephen and he was like yeah just yeah. Yeah, that it's really fucking cool all right and it was just it was really beautiful to see him kind of get that excitement and um yeah need that yeah that confirmation that Stephen was impressed it was quite cute yeah and I love the example he used it was a really weird one it was a howder the thing on top of an elephant that it that could be what it could oh yeah yes that was i was cute, like wow what a choice yeah. <laughs> more yeah interesting though yeah definitely yeah, yeah. that was lovely uh, th- so, i should tell you actually i keep forgetting to say um you know but i should say on the recording that um i watched this in color weirdly yes so, so cool quite jealous really i, I did a search and I can't remember what I was looking for. Something to do with the Time Meddler. And then it was like, on this internet archive site, it had the Time Meddler in colour, all four episodes. I'm like, what? So I downloaded them. <laughs> and I mean, it was patchy colour, but it was, for me, it really lifted the story. Mm. And I was really surprised because I'm kind of quite a purist and I like black and white to be black and white. And there's something about the atmosphere of that. But because I was kind of going into this slightly thinking I was going to find it boring, Mm. I actually was thinking, well, this is another twist on it, so it might it might sort of like encourage me to be a bit more enthusiastic, and it did, mm. it really did. You must and send I me really... the link. Oh, I can. I shall. Mm. Yes. Very good. Oh, I'm, yeah, so. I must admit, I am quite jealous. That's the picture you showed of of Vicky in really quite a bright outfit with pink yeah. all around just seemed so enjoyable i hope that wasn't just yeah. in someone's mind they thought i think she wore pink maybe it was <laughs> oh i think i think it might have been but the issue with vicky is she's the only doctor who companion where the, no color photograph of her in character exists wow oh well that's another reason why it's amazing to have seen that yeah. because yeah it really is that's quite depressing isn't it yeah i can only imagine her in black and white you're right yeah <laughs> Oh, I mean, Clayton Hickman has, has done lots of colorizations, and he's kind of quite accurate on the colors. And I think it's actually greens that she was meant to be wearing, but she's wearing pinks and purples in this. Nice. So, oh, I, I love how he content. knows. I'm sure if you if you were going to do a colorization thing, I'd be like, yeah, let's make them all fucking pink and purple. I mean, I'm just going to go with that. Let's make but, the monk have purple. But the reason why I really um, wanted to just mention it just now is because there's one bit when he gets to the the village, you know, I say village, the little clearing, and where he meets, where he meets, um, whatever she's called, what's she called in this? Edith. Oh, it's Ethel she's called in um, Sam. Did I call it Edith earlier? Anyway. Um, and he goes into her, the little hut and he picks up a dead fox and it's a bright red fox in the colorization. So it was like, it's really obvious. Wow. Really obvious and I don't know whether you could tell it was a fox in your version. No, in your absolutely version. no idea. Yeah, it was really funny. It's like dead fox, and it was just like, oh, obviously a fox. And I was, I did think maybe you couldn't tell that in the original. Yeah, but then obviously I'm not a good barometer for that because probably everyone else could tell, but I can't see pandas either, so it could have been. 
The other thing I loved in terms of the colour was watching all the scenes with the clouds on the clifftops. The clouds going past were so atmospheric. Oh, they were gorgeous. Yeah. Well, maybe that was definitely a colour thing that I was not really getting. Mm. So, um, the meddling monk. Yes. Did he remind you at any point of Brother Harold? No. Do you remember Brother Harold? Yes, very well. But he was proper, like, bald head, kind of weird dude, wasn't he? I, yeah, I remember Fire him. Tuck sort of monk, yeah. Yeah. So, so we had a monk who we used to know in our sort of community when we were up in North Northumberland, and he... Was he a Franciscan? Was he a Franciscan friar? I think he probably was. But he no, lived sort of like in this weird cottage, almost in stone, on a yeah. moor, on Bean yeah, Moor. Yeah, I, I could picture the where he lived, really. Oh, can you? Yeah. Yeah. And he was mental. And he was, a, and I remember when I first heard about the meddling monk, I was thinking, this is a bit like Brother Harold. Right. Um, but, but maybe he's got a time machine. We don't know. But there was the famous Christmas. Do you remember when he the got us some fudge? fudge? Yeah, I was just thinking you were talking about the fudge. <laughs> and what he'd done, he hadn't told anyone in the village that he brought fudge to the, Chris, to the Christmas service. And we all had fudge um, that Christmas. And afterwards he said, um, Oh yeah, I melted a plastic spoon in it, but you <laughs> but can't tell. you can't tell. So you're all eating this fudge with a plastic spoon melted into it. Yeah, yeah. Good old Harold. Yeah. No, it was quite He cool. was a mentalist. No, he, was he wasn't. He was just like to live on his own, but he was mental, wasn't he? Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. I because rem- I don't really remember his person. I remember him being quite a big chunk of he our was life. Creepy. Oh, there a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. now looking back, I do just find the concept of monks quite odd and uncomfortable. And so I I just feel it's a bit wrong and I don't trust the motivations. But I don't know if he was he was a particularly mm. awful human. I didn't I dislike I him. Yeah, I should clear up calling him a mentalist. It's just at the time I didn't understand him and his world and why you would do that is all I mean. Mm. Right. But he he was definitely creepy. Yeah. He always had his teeth out over his lips and sort of a oh. bit Hannibal Lectory. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah. Yeah. No, it was anyway. We always have a monk in our lives, wasn't it? I did find that quite odd looking back that we just knew one so well. It's quite strange. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Did you enjoy this monk? So freaking much. Honestly absolutely loved him I just I well I think I'd always known I think I've seen enough pictures to know it was him and that he was a carry-on dude and so I was really kind of not hoping for much I just I thought it would be too silly um but no I just thought he was absolutely brilliant the right level of of cheekiness and the right level of um but I don't know, maybe I wanted him to be a bit silly, but he was he was silly, but not too silly. Like, I love that he, his overall plan was a little bit sinister. I like that he's quite self-serving. But it, yeah, he just honestly, that bit almost at the very end where he scampers out of the, the monastery. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just the most adorable thing. Absolutely. Because he hitched his little cass- hassock or cassock up, didn't he? Or yeah, whatever it was. It was adorable. Yeah. Yes. How about you? Did you love him? I thought he did lots of things that were, he kind of carried scenes because he was obviously a confident actor and he right. could do different bits of business. He was kind of like, he felt like he was a complete actor. 
where yeah. sometimes with guest roles you don't really get that and they're just delivering their lines very flat that's really true actually yeah the bits with it where he's on his own on the hills looking out and whatever you're like he really can just carry that quite comfortably can't you you don't feel like you're kind of oh is he going to fuck this up like if it was bill you'd be like fuck <laughs> don't say anything wrong yes. yeah, exactly <laughs> oh good morning my children good morning oh so deep was I in my meditations, I failed to see you arrive. You must forgive me. Oh, no, it is we who should ask forgiveness of you, disturbing you no, like please, this. No, please, please. <clears throat> You're always welcome here. We, um, we thought you might need some food. Oh, how very charitable of you, my dear. Oh, I'm sorry, Father. It's poor fare for the likes of you. Yes, but don't distress yourself, my child. We must all be prepared to make sacrifices when they're asked of us. Well, I, uh... I would like to stop and talk and pass the time of day with you, but this morning, solitude and study are uppermost in my mind. We understand, Father. Thank you again, my child. Good morning. Morning, Father. <laughs> but honestly, I do... Yeah. I've I really had quite a, a soft spot for your old Alethea. I just... From the moment she arrived, <gasps> it was just... Honestly, the first thing she says, What about your meal? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what's that. The plaintive housewife cry, wasn't it? What about your meal? <laughs> and then nothing else matters. It was, and honestly, yeah. they just carried it on throughout. And it was, I'd oh, already yeah. been like, oh my God, yes, you're a woman, you can't think about anything more than food. But then they just, oh, no. every time they brought her into the plot, she had a jug or a sandwich with her. <laughs> she was just always <laughs> offering food. I know. She's like that person, isn't she? Like, yeah, like that mother character that you, you meet in your life sometimes. And it's like, not our mum, by the way. <laughs> Everyone else is mum. You have to plead for food. <laughs> oh, there was a bit with her, though. Um, she said something um, that sounded like she was supposed to say it like off to one side, but she said it right <gasps> yes! in the partner's face. But does he know that? And it was, it was uh, weird. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I know. No. I felt like she'd got a line wrong and she was supposed to be yes. off. Yeah, okay. Yes. No, I wrote that down because I, I can't remember what it was, but I'm... She wrote, how How does he know that? Yes. Yeah. It was weird. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yes. Woman, woman, where are you? Hmm? Uh, what? What is it? The monastery, where is it, did you say? Well, at the, at the top of the hill. Why? What's there? Uh, and the monks, uh, have they been here long? Hmm? No. The monastery itself's been deserted for years and years. And then several weeks ago, a few monks must have moved back in. Uh, and you haven't seen them? Uh, no one in the village has? Hmm? One's been seen, but never spoken to. How does he know that? Oh, you've been very kind and uh, a great help, yes. I'm sorry, but uh, I must take your, my leave of you. I found what I the about you... Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I'll be nice. Um, the savages were kind of, they were all, not savages, Saxons, same thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were like odd because most of them were kind of normalish human beings. But then there was that one dude who, like, he could barely enunciate a word. And it was like, he was from a different time. Like, I felt like they were trying to have someone from, like, the absolute, from, from the beginning of time kind of thing yeah. with a lot of people who were like he just didn't maybe he just couldn't act but he certainly didn't fit with them he just sounded like he yeah hadn't learned how to speak yet which seemed an unnecessary character to have indeed i thought they were yes 
I mean, Edith was easily the strongest of the Saxons, wasn't she? Yeah. Yes, she was. Um, and what I loved was that even though she was this sort of mother role with the sort of the food and she wants some venison, um, <laughs> <laughs> she was there at the fight at the monastery. She went with them and she was one of the first through the door at the end. Yes. Yes, she yeah, was. Yeah, she they was did like, all get involved, didn't they? She wasn't missing out on anything. But she was actually quite an important character in terms of knitting things together and talking to different people. Yeah, I must admit, I thought she was just going to be a side plot woman who had no importance. But yeah, she did end up kind of really trying to guide them the right route. Like she, her trust of the Doctor really was key to the whole thing. And it was so misguided, but <laughs> it was, it really was. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, did you think that the, um, the monks um, chanting was a really lovely bit of scene setting? Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. It had so much atmosphere and it really made you think of the time, even though it was a gramophone. And it was kind of like, it was just nice to have that sort of soundtrack on it. I just There's really never it. really that kind of soundtrack on Doctor Who, was there? It just no. seemed so unusual to have that. And it just, it just added a cuteness to the whole thing. It was, yeah, it was, it was adorable. And I loved the bit where the tape got stuck. Oh, and it sort of went sc- screwy. Oh, I, I loved that. Oh, oh, really? That's quite cute. Loved that bit. Yeah. <laughs> the bit that I can't work out is like, because they, they seem to arrive at night and then we have like a next morning. And I'm like, why the fuck did Vicky and Stephen sleep rough and then wake up starving? Like, you've got the TARDIS just there, which is clearly really easy to break into, according to Stephen. Like, why on earth would you end up just like, they, I mean, they, they do sleep that night. They kind of wake up the next day and they're like, they were outside in Northumberland, for goodness sake. It, wouldn't be <laughs> it was just bizarre that they would do that. You'd just be like banging on the door of the TARDIS trying to get back in. Like, it's just, they were, they didn't oh, even yeah. They try to go back to it, did they? They didn't even try to go back. It was very odd. Really hungry and had no sleep or no good sleep. Bizarre. Yeah. That's so, weird, isn't it? I don't remember why that would be. Steve. Morning. What are you looking so jittery about? I thought I heard somebody moving about in the bushes. That was me. I was looking for some food. Did you find anything? Well, that's a matter of opinion. You want some breakfast? Oh, yes, please. Well, you can either have some blackberries or some blackberries. I don't think it matters. Thanks. Oh, freezing. Mm, we'd better get moving then. Oh, what, back to the TARDIS? Yes. If the doctor's not there, we'll have to think again. And then there was more feeding. That was really lovely because <laughs> medium sized hag um goes to um to the monk and she's she's got a basket of food because she's got fuck all else you can imagine that in that time like to create like a basket of food must have been so much work like the amount yeah. like it really that occult whole hunter gathering thing like you can't store stuff yeah. She's got food for fucking days and she just gives it to random fuckers. She like goes out to find the monk to give him food and brings a mate along to carry more food because really that's all she could do. Like Yes, indeed. Yes. There's a lot of food based stuff actually in this episode, um, this story. Because you had Stephen and Vicky and you know, Stephen offered blackberries or blackberries at one point, which was nice. But it also was you cute. had the meddling meddling monk making breakfast for the doctor 
didn't you with the toaster oh yes (laughs) yes i love it i think food just does make a story cozy remembering that we all have basic needs always just brings you back to reality a bit and i did really like a bit of that yeah Yeah. because it doesn't often happen in doctor where they have to have a meal i think every time they do have a meal it's good yeah yeah more meals that's what we say lots more meals (laughs) (laughs) um yes one thing that I did think was really funny was how the how Edith was talking about these historical figures as if they were historical figures and giving them their full names. And like, um, you know, when she was saying, oh, and William of Normandy, you know, and things she couldn't have known yet. Yeah, she wouldn't have a fucking clue what was going on in France. She'd be like so sorry. That was a surprise attack. So yeah. she wouldn't know who William of Normandy was. Yeah. And would they know about what was going on with the king? I think it's very unlikely. Like they do not have an effective news system. Like they, <laughs> exactly. they're barely stringing two words together, and she hasn't got time with all that cooking to fucking <laughs> exactly. find out what she's else just, is going on. She's just madly salting meat. I think <laughs> that's what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. So that so, was that amused me. Did you love Your... the whole? Um, the Viking stock footage stuff. I did love a bit of that. Oh, it was good. Well, I even had the Viking ship in red and white stripes on my colorization. Adorable. Oh, I really feel like I've missed a trick not watching the color version. That's amazing. It Lovely. was. It's very nice. Yeah. Did you see? Yeah. Did you watch that behind the scenes things afterwards where they talk? They showed like that that stock footage and where they got it from and all the. It was quite interesting. No, I didn't. I didn't uh, see any behind the scenes stuff. Oh no, it's quite nice. Yeah, no, it's just people. What did you think about the Vikings choosing to be just as English as the Saxons? Did you think they should have done an accent or not? Are you going to do the accent or not? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, are you today? (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Um, I think it was possibly quite wise. I just think with the quality of the actors, it could have gone really badly wrong. I think I thought those two Vikings were terrible. Sven yeah. and Ulf. They were yeah. shit. Really were. Um, yeah, no, they, I mean, they weren't great actors, but they kind of did their job. The Vikings definitely weren't the main part of this plot. They were they added a bit of spice to it, but they wasn't they weren't essential. So they weren't great. And I, I like that they were just a kind of an insignificant bit in the background. I didn't want them to take over and come and ruin the plot. They were just, yeah, they were a means to an end with Pete, Peter Butterworth. But see, not I've got backstories for Sven and Ulf. I think that they were kind of really like the, the shittest Vikings and they kept getting sent off on raids that were unimportant and to, to do things because they were known to be absolutely crap. <laughs> because like, <laughs> like they're both overpowered by the monk and the doctor so easily. Their heart was so not in it, were they? They were like, no one knows what the fuck we do. I did and Ulf is just like, let's just hide at the monastery. And, and Sven, Sven's kind of a first, he's kind of like, oh, we shouldn't do that. But then he was kind of like, he was well he gave up. in quite easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good plan. <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of nice as well. They weren't just, you kind of, stereotypical kind of really aggressive vikings like i, I like a bit of, of a soft viking it's kind of cute a bit of a soft, i like a soft viking <laughs> as soon as it's light every saxon for miles around will be looking for us 
We'll rest here a while, then travel south. Why go south? If we put enough distance between the Saxons and ourselves, we can still complete our task. Sven, we have failed. Leave it to Ragnar. Let us think of our own safety. We were landed here for a reason. What good can the two of us do now? If we meet up with the Saxons again, they will kill us easily. And what would you have us do? We could hide. So, Northumbria mm. in those days was a much bigger area and it was across the whole country east to west oh, and was it? further down as well yes but do you know what was beneath that this is what confuses me at that time in 1066 the area immediately beneath Northumbria which was um sort of on the east coast and was a huge area was um was known as the Dane law and that was well, all that East Anglia kind of area isn't yes it? but further up all the way up to Hull as well okay and so I would be under the Dane law here right. and that was basically viking owned country in the uk yeah so it's kind of a very much like a school history book sort of approach to this is like oh the vikings are going to invade well actually the vikings are Already inhabiting there. most of england just um, a bit further and they're south. just kind of like happy little farmers as well it's not like they're out purging yeah. they are just yeah. yeah yes yeah so it's kind of it's really interesting how it how it's all how it's portrayed it's always got to be a bit sort of like easy history, hasn't it? Yeah, it needs work. to be like school history that kind of need to get yeah. to involved. That's that's the general wisdom, and so we'd like to carry on with that and not try and confuse anyone with the actual fact. Yeah. Um, I I did again. I kind of touching on that bit where that hag kind of just trusted the doctor like insanely. It's like so she meets him, I think gives him some mead, and then. When two other randomers come along, well, oh, so you know that guy? You must be really trustable and definitely not spies. Like, how come knowing an old man makes you not a spy? Like, everyone else's kind of take on things where they were just like, who the fuck are you guys? Oh, well, I know him over there. Oh, well, you must be fine then. You don't know either of them. Why is that ever okay? It just, yeah, it did seem very strange that, I mean, I'm, I trust the monk every time. Like, he had, he had a nice, happy face. He looked, he looked real. <laughs> yes. Now, we must talk about something horrendous, which is what happens to Edith when the Vikings arrive. Oh, a bit of a, yeah. Bit of, what, did she get punched or something, or what is it? Well, no, the implication is that she's actually raped. <gasps> That's not an implication I'd like to go with. That's awful. I know, well, well, she's lying there sort of like after the attack and when they come back and find her and she's just sort of like looking completely... Do you not remember? Oh, no, I'd, I was definitely feeling she'd been hit. Oh, well, the belief is in received wisdom is that that's what's happened to her. But I didn't you think that sword fight was just a thing of beauty? Well, it was the worst sword fight I've ever seen on television. If that's <laughs> well, I've written best sword fight ever. <laughs> I loved it. It was just so fucking rubbish. It was fantastic. It was like they almost couldn't be arsed holding the sword. They just kind of I dropped it. <laughs> it was really heavy. So though. lazy. <laughs> Which is funny because the director, Douglas Canfield, is known as the best Doctor Who action director. And of course, he does loads of amazing ones later, like Inferno and Seeds of Doom and whatever. But I think this is a really badly, they were badly directed fight scenes. Awful. Really awful. <laughs> like, what? One person just like picks up the sword and then just kind of 
kind of slowly kind of aims it at someone's foot and then it just quite reached <laughs> oh fuck it yeah. it was just awful <laughs> there was definitely no fighter ranger on this on on the scene and he makes you realize how important they are yeah yeah, yeah. Think how I, 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 they are now it's just it is quite unforgivable that they just didn't think we'll plan that they, they would have just said oh yeah go do that fighting all right i'll go do that then yeah. There's one point when they go to um, Edith's house, house shack, and <laughs> Wilmoth is there as well, and, and he's topless. And I wrote down, this is unnecessary. <laughs> oh, that did look like they just had sex. That, yes. that really looked very post-coital. Yes, it was very odd, that, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was, it was, was a like, really odd thing to have... Um, ooh, why did you infer that? Yeah, but yeah, oh, well, I really missed the other thing, and I'm glad I did. But yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Yes. So, right, tell me about the progress chart. Did you love the progress chart? Oh, beyond anything, I love the progress chart. I just, yeah, it's just uh, we should always have lists anyway. But just, just yeah. the idea of it, the beauty of it, the fact that it was so well, beautifully like calligraphy done, almost. It was just the gorgeous thing. So, so let me read out the points on the chart to see what he succeeded. So one, arrive in Northumbria, tick. <laughs> <laughs> Two, position atomic cannon, tick. <laughs> <laughs> Three, light beacon fires. I don't think he achieved that one. I don't um, why. Oh, well, I'll explain. Well, Four, did, destroy yeah. Viking okay. fleet. Five, Norman Landing. Five, Battle of Hastings. Six, meet King Harold. I loved six. Actually, I think I've missed some out here. I think there was eight of them anyway. I've said six of them. I've said some of them. But um, meet King Harold. I love the fact that in the end he wanted to sort of like do a sort of like a bit of a fanboy of King Harold and meet him. Yeah, and it was say, hey! An Anglophile Time Lord, wasn't he? Kind of. It was something about Yeah. Him. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was. I don't it was want anyone speaking French. Yeah, no foreign <laughs> bastards here, you think? Yes, it was lovely. So, the lighting of the beacon fires was so that the Vikings would come to shore and yes. he would destroy them with the atomic cannon. Yes, but then later on, <laughs> could have done like the the Vikings come anyway. That's just one sort of like oh, okay. um, scouting party, I think. Okay. Okay. And has he already agreed with anyone to come to the fires? Would they know that the fires was the right place to go? I imagine that's what the Viking scouting party would do. They'd say, oh, right, we'll put light beacon fires because it's okay for you to come in. And we've right. Them. Gotcha. Okay. That's yeah. helpful. Thank you. Yes. Um, did you find that bit, and maybe it was better in colour, I'm hoping it was when Vicky goes, Vicky and Stephen go to find the doctor. And then, so they look through the the door and they see that they think he's there and they go in and they're like, wake up doctor. And then they move the cloak and they're like, oh, he's gone. You're like, what do you mean he's gone? I just like the whole thing like blew my mind. I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I've seen it's a cloak on the floor or on a table or something and now you're like oh yeah the doctor's gone like what are you talking about it's a fucking cloak like <laughs> I, I really it was just so bizarre to have inferred from that that the doctor was once there and that he'd escaped 
through a hole in the wall was just the bizarrest leap of faith. And I must admit, there's a yeah. lot of leaps of faith that Vicky and Stephen make throughout this. They <laughs> keep fucking, oh, well, this must mean that, and we must be going there. And you're like, wow, where the hell did you get that piece of information from? I think Vicky looks through the door and she thinks she sees him, but then she just, she makes a massive assumption that she's seen him in there. Yeah, no, it's weird. Doctor, wake up, we're here. Doctor? He's gone. He's gone. Probably the most talked about element of the story is, of course, that this is the first renegade Time Lord we meet, or other Time Lord, and he has a TARDIS. Did you like the moment... Did you like that moment when they found it? Honestly, it was utterly beautiful. It was, I, I knew he was a, a, um, a Time Lord, but it just, that moment, I wasn't expecting it to come as it came. And it must have been so magical when it originally was on TV. Everyone would have been really mind blown, I think. So yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. Just them walking in there, like what the actual, especially because it's, you know, it's like an altar kind of a thing. And you're like, yeah. You, anything could happen now i did feel it but it was quite it felt a little bit risque when stephen was like oh we can fit in there (laughs) (laughs) what's going on there but okay it all makes sense now i mean i wonder like realistically i think it's probably came out of a situation whereby we've got this bloody tardis set every week that we're only using at the start and the end of the story why do we actually include it in this story and use the tardis set more yeah, and maybe. That's how it came into the idea of it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel someone should have still been recovering from the edge of destruction, so perhaps thinking that wasn't too necessary. But... <laughs> yeah. But I liked this little area where we had all these antiques and they had two of the statues from the chase that are in the haunted house. Oh, nice. With the women with their arms like that. Yeah. That's really cute. And um, I Did you... Um, the, one of the kind of pieces that stuck struck me was the whole point of the story is that you really shouldn't meddle but obviously the the big joke of it all is that the doctor's meddling all the fucking time in every situation like he is not someone who just stays to one side he meddles constantly and then but yeah but at this time you've got him repeatedly saying in historical stories you know history cannot be changed not one line you know and all this stuff that he says to babs Mm. but He's trying more not to interfere at this yeah. point. But then even like chatting on to that last saying, oh, yes, and then the Battle of Hastings and Harold Hardware yes. and stuff. And it's like, surely this, you shouldn't be telling her this. If you want to change the course of history, don't tell people shit. Like that just felt, yeah. felt really like inappropriate and just like he wasn't following his own rules. I do think it was selfish of King Harold to have the same name as Harold Hardrada from Norway. And <laughs> the fact the fact that it's Harold versus Harold. It's an unlikely quite, situation. <laughs> it's Harold and Harold though, isn't it? So yes, I can cope. It is, but still. Yeah. yeah, you need to be really clear when you're saying that shit. And, That's and why love, you have to always say had hard rather. <laughs> yes, you do. You have no choice but to. Um yeah. I did like um Peter Butterworth talking about um the fact that he'd done a, a blood transfusion and stuff like that. I don't know. It just oh, kind yes. of it was quite and I also I found I was warming to his approach 
so much more than the doctor's approach that willingness to really get stuck in and give people blood transfusions and really save lives and do what was necessary is actually a lot better than that whole kind of dispassionate oh we're just observers we can't get involved kind of general time lord view so i kind of i felt that there was good in that in the meddling monk quite a lot there was no cruelty in him but what did you think about his ideas of things he would change as a result of having changed the future and destroyed what the Vikings? Were they? I can't remember. They were insane. With a few hints and tips from me, they'd be able to have jet airliners by 1320. Shakespeare would be able to put Hamlet on television. You do what? The play Hamlet on television. Oh, yes, quite so. Yes, of course, I do know the medium. Yeah. <laughs> were you going to kill the Vikings? Yes. Yes, I, I was. If I didn't... What are we going to do with this fellow? Hmm? What can we do with this man? He's utterly irresponsible. Hmm. It's like his goals were crap. (laughs) Yeah, the reasons behind it were shit, and that just made him sound a bit mental. But I guess that while while he was doing it, I just kind of liked the fact that his motivations with with the everyday people were quite positive. He certainly wasn't trying to shaft anyone in the short term. Yeah. So... I think it's high time we we dressed for success, Alex. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. we ought. I'm gonna get dressed for success Shaping me up for the big time, baby Get dressed for success So, we've already mentioned the, the gorgeous pink and well, the purple of Vicky's cloak in my colourised version. Um, Stephen's all in black. Um, they're a bit of a roomy trouser, I have to say. They're, they're quite they're quite a lot from from the crotch up to the waist. They're quite high high waisted. You know, that's I quite upset. Quite I upsetting. Notice that's terrible. <laughs> that's honestly... but he's also a cloak. He's wearing a cloak. They're both wearing cloaks, which I think nice. is clever. Like, yeah, good. cloaks are good. There's a lot of cloak action in the whole thing, really, isn't there? Um, and the doctor, in, when he wears the habit, that's good, isn't it? Yes, that's it. That's really cute. So cute. Yeah, yeah it did feel yeah. very carry on then when they were both like following each other. <laughs> it's really lovely. There's a really rubbishy film where there's people pretending to be monks, and I think Barbara Windsor's in it, and maybe even Peter Butterworth, where they're on an island off Scotland or something. Do you remember it? It is actually ringing a bell, oddly. Yeah, we definitely watched it, and it was in colour, but they were like, they were pretending to be monks in a monastery, and they were really crooks. I can't remember what it's called. Someone will know. Yes. Yes. Well, that is definitely ringing a bell. Okay, yeah. Crooks in Cloisters or something it's called, something like that. Nice. That's why I've just named that. (laughs) They can have that if it's not true. (laughs) Crooks in Cloisters. They can have that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I will play in now what it's actually called and a little clip from it. Nice. Remarkably, it was actually called Crooks in Cloisters. Here's a clip. This is going to be a rough run, rougher than you think. We almost got to live like the real monks did. Yeah, well, yeah, you said you was going to look yeah. after me. I am, Brother Specs. Now, that's another thing. All this vault stuff's going to be knocked on the air. All you labouts are brothers now, got it? Brothers. <laughs> There's a bogey over there on the mainland with a nice shiny whistle all ready to blast. He might be a bumpy, but he's still a bogey. And he's got to think we're real monks. Same as all the other snorers round here. So we've got to work like monks. Now, starting with you, Brother Bikini. You're fixing to eat your cookie. Cookie? Cookie? Me? I could make a pie with tailor-made pastry and tin fruit. I ain't 
nothing. Nor ain't I neither, and you're likely to learn quicker than me. You're cookie. And in your spare time, you can do a bit of sweeping. Sweeping? And a bit of scrubbing. <laughs> Fine thing, isn't it? I always think you'd turn me into an old scrubber. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, yeah, dress for success. Dress for success, we really, the, really, the cupboard is really quite bare here. She wears a sack. And <laughs> she has lovely crissy crossy tape on her legs, though. Crissy crossy tape. Crissy crossy tape. And yeah, and we talked about the whatever. looking virtually. Like no... helmet. Oh, I did like a chappie's top knot. Sven. Oh, okay. Nice. Sven had good hair. I did find it yes. funny that in the stock footage, they looked so wholly different to what they looked like when they kind of. Yeah, when they actually arrived, it was just like completely different people. It's like, yeah, here we you are. Keep, you keep saying stock footage, but I just remember a perfect marriage of. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't keep it up. <laughs> I don't think they had a particularly good person on on facial hair action. Like they really, they they looked just kind of so randomly thrown on. Like they just. Yeah, they weren't believable. I didn't trust the the Vikings. But, yeah, no, they weren't good. And what do you think of facial hair? Talking of facial hair, what did you think of Stephen with facial hair at the start? He had a beard, didn't he? Oh, he just looked to be a bit un, not very clean shaven, was he? Yeah, no, he just looked like he'd been in the concentration camp for a while, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, no, all right. I'm happy with that. So I think we're done. I think the cupboard was fairly bare. Yeah, there really there wasn't much at all. Did you, um, you know, when um, Peter Butterworth is um, trying to, I don't know what he's trying to do. He's, oh, I think he's, it's when he's trying to save the Viking. And then then there's like another knock on the door. And I loved how fucking pissed off he was with that. He was just like, for fuck's sake, uh, I'm going to see that out here. Oh, no, no more visitors. It's getting so you can't call a monastery your own. How many people turn up? (laughs) It's the only destination of the story and people just go there all the time. It's funny. And that that moment when the doctor tricks the meddling monk with the stick. Oh, I was so proud. I don't think I've ever been more proud of the doctor. And he just, yeah, like he just, it was so resourceful. He was, he was completely in charge in that moment. And the monk was really, he had nowhere to go there. Like he just, he had to take it on trust and, and it, he was just, he was quick witted and he was interesting. I just thought, oh, I like this doctor. I really, I think he should be on his own more. He does do more interesting things when he's not got people flapping around him. But yeah, yeah. really enjoyed a bit of that. Yeah. I thought that um, Vicky was a bit over the top in places. I always think this about Vicky, that she kind of over emotionalized, over emotes and overacts a little bit, although I like her as a companion. Like, she does this thing where she puts her head in her hands and goes, oh. Oh, she did that oh. at one point when she called the doctor. I was like, what are you doing that for? She's like, doctor! <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, I know. It's her go-to move. She does it in the in the TARDIS as well at one point where she doesn't understand what's going on. She goes, oh. And I'm like, no. Oh, no. But also she does that overacting about being worried about being stranded. Oh, she just assumes I, honestly, they're stranded. I, I, I compa- in my head I was comparing it to a couple of people in my team who like <laughs> like one person would be like oh I think that might happen and the other person's like oh yeah but it could be a bit worse than that and then then by the end like it's just death and despair <laughs> we're all gonna die any minute 
like Stephen and Vicky winding each other up beyond like the yeah. it like started off with oh the TARDIS might get a bit wet it ended up yeah. with we'll never leave we're here forever yeah. and he just said fuck's sake <laughs> they just spiralled didn't they so <laughs> oh no the tide nobody thought of that well, it's a bit late to think of it now yes, but what shall we do look if the doctor came back here he'd have moved it he wouldn't have left it on the beach The only way the Doctor could move the TARDIS would be to dematerialise. So? If the Doctor left here in the TARDIS, he couldn't get back. Oh, it can't be that. It can't be. Oh, a brilliant line. No more monkery. No more monkery. And remember, no more monkery. Yeah, he's not having it. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I, in that moment, I would listen to the Doctor. Like, uh, that's probably one of the few things that I would take as, as instruction from him. I would definitely go with No More Monkery. Yeah, yeah. I like the bit where, um, even though I don't like the aesthetic, the fact that the Monk and the Doctor have a moment where they're comparing the TARDISes, uh, like their guys comparing cars. Yeah. Oh, you know, this it has automatic drift control and all this sort yeah. of stuff. I thought it was really clever, a clever analogy. Yeah. Yes. But no, also the fact that. that Hartnell was embarrassed. The doctor was embarrassed. And he was like, he says, "What type's yours?" And he's like, "Mind your own business." <laughs> that well, was that was the worst thing, wasn't it, to have the not so cool car? Because um, yeah. effectively, he's got a larder or a something or a don't know what he's got. A crap car. But I re- I really also enjoyed the um like before I kind of the, you don't really get much of the plot at this point you don't really know what the the monk's doing but I just love the fact that he was stockpiling cool shit in the TARDIS I was like really that's what you should be doing like the Doctor should do way more of that you should have some cool shit in there like he made use of his massive TARDIS by putting cool stuff in there the amount of works of art and just interesting things and the odd you know nuclear warhead or whatever it was just it was so <laughs> the odd nuclear warhead <laughs> i just thought that was, it was just really exciting you want a glut of unnecessary crap when you're when you've got a tardis yeah. you just want to get shit i really like it and i've just remembered that in that um sorry i'm in a different part of my notes when the hag on saxon action which is what i called that moment where they were interrupted <laughs> And someone had interrupted them, and I could just, she was just like, I think the reason that she looked so freaked out was because she had no food to give anyone. <laughs> I just, she desperately wanted to offer someone a snack, and she was just like, I'm going to Maybe a fox burger. Exactly. Yeah. So um, Stephen asks questions throughout the story constantly, mm. and there's one point where the doctor has enough, and I just love it. He asks one question too many, and the doctor just points for him to leave i loved it he just goes out really? it doesn't even say out he just like that's it i had that. enough of you stop asking fucking questions <laughs> brilliant so one thing i'd like to question is yeah. that whole thing that i've got about whether or not the doctor is a meddler too um but then there's a bit where vicky's talking about how um it was probably because of the meddling monk that Leonardo da Vinci um, has been um, was looking into powered flight, and that to me 
was kind of like, oh, well, that must have always happened then. It was nice. So that became part of history. So perhaps that's what is always happening with the meddling monk. Maybe he's always been in these situations and therefore has become part of history. And I just, I was quite happy with that. I think we should let him carry on because he's not doing any harm. He's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I do wonder about the wisdom of letting him stay in 1066 though. i know the amount of damage he's gonna do there with his knowledge of things he should be able to cause trouble still from there i think i mean i know he can't get access to his nuclear warheads because he can't unless he can get his heart hand around the corner of the tardis yeah, no, I, must admit, <laughs> I was imagining creating some kind of remote control or actually teaching mice how to operate the tardis yeah. <laughs> that's a story i want to see <laughs> but yeah he is left there and of course there's also things that are anachronistic in that monastery like the gramophone and the toaster and yes. various things fashion something impressive out of those couldn't you and did they destroy the atomic cannon on the beach, on the cliff, or did they leave it there? I don't remember. I don't think anything more happened. I think they talked about getting rid of it, didn't they? Or did they just stop him yeah. from getting to it? I don't, yeah, not entirely I sure. I remember. Yeah. Um, yes. The hag and the Saxons. Yeah, I just, that bit where they were kind of deciding who to believe. And the argument ended up with, well, I believe Bill because I do and I don't believe the meddling monk because stuff like there was just like there was just no reason they were just like there's two two points of view I'm going to give you no qualifying information but I believe that one and it just but I I love that though because I can't I hate pointless arguments and exposition about whether to agree with believing someone you know I always I'm on the fence on not on the fence on the side of let's just believe the doctor and you know And you're like the truth. And and you're like, no, they should be questioning more. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just think it would be so nice if they kind of sided with the monk because really he was their their personal best interest at that moment would be better served by him. Yes. Oh, I must just read out I must just read out these. These are excerpts from the audience appreciation reports for these episodes that just show how stupid the British public can be, or at least members of them. So this is um, a comment from a housewife at the time. She said, I didn't understand this at all. Since when were there wristwatches and gramophones in 1066? I thought it was an absolute waste of time watching something that didn't make sense. (laughs) Oh my fucking Christ, people are awful. (laughs) They shouldn't be allowed. And then another one. Um, This is from later on in the story, um, in this series. She said, um, someone else, I don't know actually whether it was a man or a woman, can't understand what a gramophone has to do with early britons it seems just silly (laughs) what it's like people who think soap opera people are real yeah (laughs) isn't that so you kind of think that people have thought stupider over time but they kind of haven't have they (laughs) they've always been very stupid so did you like the last little bit of runny roundy scrapping and and hitting and general general madness when they were kind of trying to catch the vikings and all the rest i thought it was in, i thought it was insane that they all ran into the monastery in the same order as they ran out of it that was so deliberate that was just was so deliberate it was really scooby-doo it was yeah. silly but it was they, they it really was... lent into that they were like right we yeah. are gonna go full like fast right now and it was nice i think it is a comedy isn't it hmm. but 
but there are elements of it that are really poetic and peaceful and lovely. Like the bit when the Doctor goes, a oh, balmy night, a oh, balmy night, and he's just sat with Edith. There's some moments which are really lovely. Yeah. And there's, really... there's a point when Vicky and Stephen go up onto the cliff top, and it's just really nice at night time, and, and they're just looking out, and it's just really lovely, tranquil moments. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The, there was more like, I think the, the last one, I can't remember what the last one we watched was, but it was just kind of. Terror of the Autons. Yes. And there was nothing apart from the plot happening. It was just plot yeah. bit, plot bit, plot bit, and there was it just yeah. it was so basic. But with this, that just you kind of you felt like you just had you could take some time to really sit and enjoy each little part of it. There was just they they weren't kind of hurtling towards um, the final moment. There was they were just enjoying a very nice stroll along the way, and it was it was it was really adorably done. And then at the end, so, I was just loving yeah. the fact that the hag was just like. And then you can come back to the village afterwards and have some food. <laughs> She's a feeder. She's a feeder, yeah. that one. So, I'm going to trouble you for TARDISes out of 10, please. Um, and then I will give my score and then you'll talk me out of it. <laughs> like last time. <laughs> You're always insanely high with yours. But I'm going to have to give it based on the fact that I... How I'm feeling right now it possibly isn't how it would rank out of all of the stories it's just how it made me feel but yeah i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten wow mm. gosh so before this as i said i would have given it five or a six but i would give it on the basis of this viewing a seven out of ten didn't you give something shit a seven recently yes tell the autons and you called me and you knocked me down to a six and I accepted that. Okay, okay, so we accept that. That's <laughs> definitely not. Honestly, you, there's only one mark between this and and the autons. <laughs> yes. Rob, <laughs> she's not happy about that. I feel you need to knock your autons <laughs> down to about a three. That's so <laughs> awful. But I tell you what, this has given me an appetite to watch more colorized William Hartnell or Patrick Troughton, which is ridiculous. Well, if it's not there yet, it'll be coming because it's so. That was just literally put through a program. You know, oh, obviously really? no one. Yeah. Oh, so it's... why do they not do that? Yeah. Do more of that, please, people who can. I love that. <laughs> I mean, people are awfully sniffy about it on Twitter. They're like, "Oh, this isn't proper. This isn't colorized correctly." It's like, yeah, but if it just yeah. gives you another way of watching it, who cares? Yeah. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. The animation isn't the way it was originally intended, but it's bloody fun. Yeah, yeah. I like. Did you think the line of "He's the crew, we're the passengers" was just really quite lovely? Yes. Yeah, that was a really interesting insight. I actually thought about that for the first yeah, time ever. It made you stop and think, didn't it? It was. Quite... Yeah. Yeah, that was clever. That little bit, of, bit of stuff. Yeah, it's true because I, I would say sometimes there's a crew, but not at the moment. Not in Hartnell, because they're just no. very much he's doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he doesn't want them to be. So yeah, um, mm. what was that end sequence thing? Was that about because <gasps> the last of the? Yes, it's because it's the end of the series. But I loved it. That's one of my favourite things. It was quite nice. It was. I love the fact that he was moving a bit. Like we, yeah. one that he like looks off to one side. Like, have we done yet? <laughs> 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 A bit like Mrs. Overall in Acorn Dash 
still still on still filming <laughs> no i love that yes yeah. no it was it was lovely um oh i've got i've got a um, new zealand related fact relating ooh. to the time meddler yes did you know um that thanks to new zealand buying the cereal in 1968 um that prints were later sent by New Zealand to Nigeria in 1973. And originally, that was the only copy back of the Time Meddler they got back from Nigeria. So it was due to New Zealand's purchase. Oh, good on us. We are good like that, aren't we? I mean, I feel like I shouldn't add that um, another copy was found in private hands, so it didn't matter that was returned. But, <laughs> but I still like the fact that New Zealand bought it. Thank yeah. you, New Zealand. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of... Um... Love from Kiwis here. I'm in a Doctor Who um, a, and a Facebook thing. And yeah, there's are people you? posting things all the time. People are so excited about it. It's it's really quite active. And it's just, it's any kind of possible link that people can garner between New Zealand and Doctor Who. It's like pictures of like Tom Baker walking through like, you know, the streets of New Zealand and stuff. It's really quite adorable. Mm-hmm. Well, you should say about, you should say my message you should say the bit that I said and say, and you could l- click on this link to listen to our podcast. I will. I have obviously pushed it relentlessly on the, on the, oh, on the group. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Well yes. done. So Are isn't it a do... shame that yes. the time meddler didn't come back? Weren't there plans for him to come back or something? Did you tell me he that? He does come back in oh. the Dalek Master Plan. Well, it's not a shame then. <laughs> he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he's two episodes. He's back when they're in Egypt. In oh, nice. That's must plan. And I That's think adorable. one of the episodes I exists. I kind of want to watch that now. I really liked mm-hmm. him a lot. He was, yeah, he was really solid. But yeah, no, very, very happy with this. Good. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, we don't do Hall of Fame anymore, do we? Or do we? Do not. Well, I think you can just. It's just because I always forget to do the Twitter poll. That's why. That's all right. Just give it to Alethea. We all know you're going to. Yeah, Alethea, you've won the Hall of Fame because you're won amazing. Won everything. Yes. We love you, sweetie. Taken too but young. What, I know. What I was going to say. Um, it does leave you wanting more Stephen and Vicky and that sort of next series of Who, which is mo- mostly missing, the third series. That oh, like is kind it? Of... Yes, lots of it is missing, which is why they're not a known team. So there's two... Yeah, no, I agree. I th- Obviously, because I was just like, as soon as I realised that, oh, shit, this exists in its entirety, I thought, oh, there must be loads more I haven't seen. But no, <laughs> thankfully I haven't been that bad. But yeah, no, that I, it did definitely make me want to watch more Stephen and Vicky yeah. they, they worked well they really did. there's two more two more of their stories and then she leaves and one of them is the myth makers which we've already covered uh-huh. you know. yeah. but um galaxy four as well is another one ah uh, yes oh I've listened which to two episodes exist I think right or maybe one don't know yes but all of the stuff that happens next is quite interesting where it kind of takes a different direction and i do feel like this is a bit of a turning point as a story because it you know it's saying goodbye to the original run of yeah, we've characters. finally got rid of babs and ian and we can start to have some fun <laughs> wow 
<laughs> I mean, I did think if Barbara was still in the story, she'd be going on and on about Harold Hadrada and all of that stuff. And she'd be like, oh, and of course, Harold Godwinson, da 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 da. I'm like, shut up, Barbara. Flat footing slapping around on the rocks. It would really wind me up. Her <laughs> bum would be everywhere. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be needing it. I love how we're like having a go at Barbara. Fans will hate us for having a go at Barbara. We do love Babs, but in in um <laughs> Is that Alex's face, do we? <laughs> she's fine, but I'm really glad she stopped. Yeah. <laughs> she stopped. Yes, sweetie. Yeah. So talking of stopping, I think it's time for us to wend our way. Where are we wending? <laughs> Where are we wending? Well, I'm wending to, to a lawn to sit in the sun and do nothing. It's beautiful. Yes. That's in front of my lovely fire. Um, okay, that's allowed. Um, thoughts for the next one? Ooh. Ooh. Well, do you want me? You don't want me to roll the statistics out to tell you which, which doctors we've got to do because you always never want to hear. Fucking yeah. Sylvester McCoy or... <laughs> It's Sylvester McCoy. No, we're well up on Pertwee. We don't need to do Pertwee. We're well up on Colin Baker as well. You'll be very thrilled to know. Absolutely. But we do need to do some Davison and McCoy soon. How about you? (laughs) How about you choose a Davison? Um. Um. No. (laughs) Mercy. She skated. Um, no. <laughs> no. It's like, it's like no. Peter Davis and she's just gone like, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Please don't. Snake oh. dance. No. <laughs> God, no. Um, Planet of Fire. Not Planet of Fire. Caves of Androzani. Oh, not Caves of Androzani. Planet of Fire. I'll do Planet of Fire. Okay. All right. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. I've got you on Planet of Fire. Hooray. Yeah. Planet Next of Fire. time, we are heading for the Planet of Fire. Exciting. We're both very excited. I feel like we're going to have one of those real positive ones next time where we're really into it. It's going to happen. Bye. Bye. Bye.